Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the 25th of October as the Flyers wrap up a little mini two-game road trip. Dallas on Saturday where they had the OT loss and then last night in Vegas against the Golden Knights. I guess it was kind of this morning. 11-17 puck drop. That is later than a lot of beer league games even start. Uh, but the Flyers, you know, you would think maybe the game that late, they're on East Coast time, they wouldn't have the details of their game. They had them. It was a very tight hockey game. Now, one that maybe they deserved a better fate, or maybe this is just part of the process of learning uh, what it takes at the NHL. You just can You can never make a mistake, especially when you're playing a team of the pedigree of the Las Vegas Golden Knights who come into the game having started the year after winning the Cup 6-0 and and now 7-0. and They win the game in the final 33 seconds, and the Flyers come away with no points against Vegas, but they do come away with some things. We'll talk about that in a minute. Let's recap the game. Vegas scored the first goal of the game. By the way, Vegas shot outshot the Flyers 29-28. to Barbashev opened the scoring in the first. He uh, kind of gets the the rebound of an Eichel shot after Jonathan Marchesso knocks down a, a a rim attempt from Cam Atkinson. Just a really good read by Marchesso to peel off and then knock that puck out of the lower part of the glass and get it in front to Eichel, who takes the shot. And then Barbashev picks up the loose change and gets the rebound goal. That puts Vegas up one nothing. Vegas was all over the Flyers in the first seven, eight minutes of this game. First TV timeout comes, which is the first whistle after seven minutes played in the period. Flyers regrouped and then really played well the rest of the period. They get on the scoreboard at 13.07 when Noah Cates gets a shot uh, to the goal and follows his shot. You always talk about in coaching at all levels. Follow the puck to the net. Follow your shot. Noah Cates does it there. And he gets the shot off. It's a little hard for Logan Thompson to corral it. It ends up being a loose puck, and Noah Cates knocks it out of the air and puts it in uh, for the Flyers' goal. 1-1 at that point. Joel Farabee and Travis Sanheim with the assist. And Farabee, once again, right on that crease. I think part of the reason why Logan Thompson has a hard time handling the puck is because Farabee is right on the edge of the crease. He has been attacking the blue paint game in and game out. And that's a willingness thing. That's a guy who physically feels healthy, and is willing to go to those areas to drive offense, to get goals. All of his goals are on the back door on the edge of the crease. I think if you combine the amount of feet from the goal line to Joel Farabee on all three of his goals this season, it might be a combined six six and a half feet. He is going to the blue paint, and I think that plays a big part in that Noah Cates goal. We talked about almost offense all the time and the things you have to do to turn almost offense into actual goals. It's those little details, like Farabee just going to that spot to help Noah Cates eventually follow his shot and get the goal. So good on Joel Farabee. We love to see that. I love guys going hard to the net. So Flyers get it tied 1-1. Then it's 17-19, Cam Atkinson. He picks up a really ugly goal for Vegas Golden Knight goaltender Logan Thompson. I think the shot was going wide. It was a backhand on a pretty dead angle that hits off the inside of the blocker of Logan Thompson, and he basically boots it right into his net. Hard, not a, not a bad goal. A 
horrid goal. It was hideous. But the play that led to it was not. It's one of those plays that I refer to as beautiful hockey. Cam York in his D zone. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights turn it over. Flyers gain possession. Cam York gets it in the D zone on the left side. Doesn't waste time corralling it, getting into his forehand. He knows that Owen Tippett is up the ice and up that wall. If York is looking out of his zone, it's the right side. So he just hums a backhand pass to him. Doesn't waste time getting on the forehand. Boom, get it up the ice, get the pressure on the opposition right away. This is why the Flyers look like they're faster skating-wise. They're playing much faster, and it's because of quick decisions to get back on the counterattack. And Cam York gets the puck up to Owen Tippett just outside uh, the blue line in the flyer zone, and Tippett's got his head up, and he zips a seed across the ice from basically their blue line diagonally to Cam Atkinson streaking up the left side. Atkinson goes in. It takes the backhand shot. Doesn't have a lot of options. There's, doesn't really have help coming. Figures I'll just shovel the puck to the net. We'll get a change. He shovels it on the backhand. And like I said, Logan Thompson booted it. And Cam Atkinson picks up his fourth goal of the season. The only problem is that that's the only goals the Flyers scored. And you would think Thompson, who I did not think was real good in particular on the first goal, the Cates goal, and certainly on the Atkinson goal, he settled in after that. Flyers had some good opportunities on him. He made some really good saves and gave his team a chance. So we go into the second period. Flyers up 2-1. to one. No scoring in the second period. And the Flyers out shooting Vegas at that point 20-15. to 15, Doing a really good job structurally in the D zone and in the neutral zone. Really preventing Vegas from establishing anything. And once again, shot suppression as well. Flyers come into the game. You know, with the fourth least amount of shots on goal per game. And while I'm not a big shots on goal guy as any kind of predicate for a team, um, it does show a couple of things that the Flyers are defending considerably less, that the Flyers are breaking out of their zone much faster and on the first try, not the third try. And the other thing about that is, is when you don't get hemmed in a lot in your own D zone, you don't have guys overextending shifts and getting tired legs caught on the ice. That's one of the things that kills teams when they can't exit their zone is that they can't change their players. And then you get tired guys. They're chasing the play. They take penalties or they give up grade A scoring chances because they get tired. Um, so that's that's the byproduct of it. Um, so we go to the third period. Flyers up 2-1 to one against the Cup champs, 6-0 and this season. But at 12-06, Paul Cotter absolutely walks Igor Zamola an unbelievable dangle move uh, to get to the net and beat Carter Hart, who made several unbelievable saves prior to that, including one in the second period, a double save on Jack Eichel, where Eichel snapped one off and then, again, drove the net and followed his shot and got a, a great second-chance opportunity that Carter got with the glove. Uh, but Carter here is able to, to get around Zamula off turnover and put it by Hart to put the uh, Vegas Golden Knights up 2-2. Two two. Carter, after the game, said, i got to have that one. i got to make that save. It's a tough save because the dangle happens really fast and really close to the net. But, you know, he's a guy that holds himself accountable and says he needs to make the save on that one, and we'll take him for it. Um, but then, so we got a 2-2 game. Going late, some power plays. The PK was good for the Flyers. PK was good for Vegas, too. Flyers still with just the one power play goal on the season. Had a couple power plays last night and unable to to get anything in. They got, they got to figure that out. Um 
But at 19-27, uh, a defensive turnover from Cam York leads to uh, some a lot of Vegas pressure, and eventually Shea Theodore is able to put it short side um, past and, and t- completely screened Carter Hart, didn't see it at all, multiple players there, and that turns out to be the game winner. Shea Theodore second of the season at 19-27 of the third period, so the Flyers, you know, 33 seconds away from coming away with a point, maybe more, um, wasn't, didn't happen. And, you know, John Tortorella talked after the game that, you know, there's a lot of positives you can take from this game. There's a lot of elements of this game that you go, okay, if we do these things consistently and we we play with this detail and this structure and as five-man units, then, you know, we're going to be better for it. We're going to be a team that is going to – you're going to win more games if you can consistently do that than you lose. But, you know, against Vegas and, you know, a, a really good team, the cup champions – you can't have any of those mistakes. You know, you can't have the mental errors in the third period. Zamula can't get walked in that spot after a turnover. Or you can't have that Cam York turnover in the D zone in the final minute, minute 20 of a game. You know, young guys are going to have to learn from it. You know, this is one of the reasons when, you know, some people scream from the rooftops, play the kids. Yeah, you got to play the kids to an extent, but the NHL is an insanely unforgiving league. And if those things like Zamula getting walked or, you know, bad turnovers at bad times continually happen to a young player, it can hurt their development. Cam York is an NHL player all day. I'm not suggesting that he's not, but the NHL is such an unforgiving league that the littlest mistake can cost you the game. And that's what happened with this game. You can play. First 40 minutes, Flyers played great. Third period, you knew Vegas was going to have pushback, and they did. They came out in that third period, and I imagine their coach was none too pleased after two with only 15 shots on goal. And they came out, and they dictated the terms the entire third period. And you just need those mistakes to be lessons learned eventually. You have to go through some of those things as young players, but you got to have lessons learned. Now, the positives to take away from this two-game trip, I mean, first of all, the penalty kill has been excellent on the trip, didn't give up any power play goals, and matter of fact, scored three shorties, but we should not expect that. Flyer fans, we can't expect the team to score a shorthanded goal every game, <laughs> um, even though they've been really good at it so far this season. But the PK was obviously a strength, and you can take that away from the trip. The shot suppression and the just the, the structure of the team in all zones, really, but in, in particular the D zone and the neutral zone has been very good. And I don't know why that is exactly. Is that a byproduct of year two of John Tortorella and players this year going in already knowing the system where he, you know, the coaching staff wants them to be with and without the puck in all zones, or if it's some tweaks to to the D zone structure, there does seem to be some changes in particular in the neutral zone and certainly the offensive zone with the way that they're attacking those areas. And even the D zone, like we talked about on the Cam Atkinson goal, 
just that willingness to get the puck up the ice quick and transition from defense to offense like that so the opposition doesn't have time to get into their set structure. If you waste time with D-to-D passes and collecting pucks and you know waiting till you get on your forehand, then you're just allowing the defense to set up for you to attack them. But if they don't have time to set up for you to attack them, then you're at the advantage because you're dictating, but they're not in their set structure. They haven't had a chance to fall into it in the neutral zone and fill the three lanes and hold the line, the their, their own blue line, and stretch those guys across to defend a zone entry to force a dump and then a, a, you know, a puck battle down below the goal line. So if you can get up the ice and transition from defense to offense quickly, then you now hold the the you know the tempo of dictating the terms and they're reacting to you and that's a better situation for an offense all the time in any sport so that is some good things that they can take out of it certainly the goaltending of Carter Hart you're going to take out of it the continued really good vision and distribution of the puck from Owen Tippett he's not been putting the puck in the net but boy he's been distributing the puck extremely well Joel Farabee like I mentioned before you know, always being around the blue paint. These are all good things. There's no moral victories. I don't believe in moral victories, as you guys know. But these are some good positives they can take away. And that they played two of the best teams in the Western Conference. These two teams, Dallas and Vegas, played in the Western Conference final last year. Vegas obviously won the Cup. Both are off to good starts this year. Really good teams that are built on depth and good goaltending and good defensive play and veteran leadership, all of those things. And the Flyers played these two teams as tight as you can play them. I mean, an OT loss and a 3-2 loss with a goal in the final 33 seconds, you can't play it any tighter. So there are some positives to take away um, from this this mini two-game trip. Now what the Flyers got to do, though, is they got to make sure that when they come back home, there's no slip against the Minnesota Wild on Thursday night, tomorrow night. Because... It not tomorrow night, two nights. Um, my days are all mixed up because it's now two thirty a.m. But that game, when you come back from a road trip, usually it's a longer trip. But this is also a road trip where they played an extremely late game, obviously last night, and also changing time zones, where that first home game can be one where a team lacks energy and focus. So they got to make sure there's no slip in that game coming up uh, on Thursday at Wells Fargo Center when they open a four-game homestand against the Minnesota Wild. That's that's the next test. That's the next element that we'll be looking for with this Flyers team. Can you avoid the returning home from basically a West Coast trip slippage? That's what, That'll be the question that I'm looking to have answered going into that game. I'm sure we'll have questions based on the game, but that's the next question mark for me as we go through the the peaks and valleys and the twists and turns the highs the lows and everywhere in between of an 82 game NHL season some impressive play on the trip for sure but only the one point when four were available like I said Flyers will open up uh, a four game homestand coming up on Thursday it's Minnesota at 7 30 Thursday night Saturday at one o'clock against the Anaheim Ducks it's a little easier against the Ducks then Carolina on Monday Carolina not off to the greatest start 
uh, this season. We'll see them 7 o'clock on Monday at Wells Fargo, and then the four-game triple wrap-up with our first game of the month in November when the Flyers welcome the Buffalo Sabres to town, uh, the first of a home-and-home against Buffalo, November 1st uh, in Philadelphia, and then Friday in Buffalo against those Sabres. So let's wrap it up there. It's been a very late night of Flyers hockey. So every everybody, enjoy your Tuesday. Have a great day. Focus on the positives, and we'll see if the Flyers can avoid the slippage coming up on Thursday against the Minnesota Wild. Join us tomorrow, though. We'll have a brand new Flyers Daily.